But I, I thought just to, leading into um, the preach this morning, I, I'd love just to give you a little bit of feedback um, from our trip, and it's not try to um, get you involved in my personal life as much as it really is to set up something that I believe I want to share from it. But firstly, I want to just celebrate the elders and the way that they've just conducted the meetings and, and managed the affairs of King City Church. And it's just been great to see how much, it, how much value there is in team. And that this church is not about one individual or, or a few individuals. It's about the team that we are part of. And so well done to Clive, Kilton, and all the guys that have been part of just doing what we want to do, not just on Sundays, but as a, as a church. It's wonderful to see that. Um, and what it has done for us, because we're part of a team, it allows individuals like us to be able to go and afford time away with our family. And, and as most of you would know, for those of you who don't, I have a son, well, we have a son in Canada, who's married to a Canadian. Um, they were part of this church, and at about three years ago, they left and set up what God took them there for. And, um, but your generosity towards us have enabled us to really go and spend wonderful time with them. 28 days of just living with them in their house and spending every single hour of the day literally with them. And, and, and I'm just so incredibly thankful. I'm um, aware of the grace of God that enabled us to go. I want to encourage you wherever you are in your walk with your family. And, and for us, as, as Zimbabweans in this nation, I know that many people have relatives all over the world. Um, keep contact with them, would you? Family is such a wonderful thing. Um, reach out to one another. And if you have family in this nation and even in the city that for some reason those relationships have been neglected for whatever reason, I want to encourage you and perhaps even challenge you to, to reach out to them and, and, and make contact and, and just love on them. Um, and even if it's towards friends, people that you dearly love and knew in a very close way before and something has happened, uh, things perhaps have gone wrong, but you continue to reach out to them and, and not break um, those relationships. But the amazing moments and amazing time that we could have with them, endless hours of conversations and seeing their world and um, walking their streets. I want to just show you a, a few um, video, well not videos, or um, photographs of us just being together with um, the Herod is our grandson, so that was incredible. Uh, we hadn't seen him for about 18 months, so you know, going and, and being in their world was, was such a blessing. The next slide is just also their world, and that's the church that our son and his wife belong to. Um, it's called New Life, and it's just in a town called Quinnell. It's not a city. There's about 9,000 people living in the place. It's in British Columbia, just about eight hours north of a city called Vancouver. And so we were able to just be part of their community for a while. Next picture is something that just astounded me. I mean, I come from Zimbabwe, so please um, please be, be kind to me. But whenever I see things in place and clean and neat and whatever, I'm like, oh, that's amazing. And I saw this, and, and, and this just so blessed me because I thought, this is what we want to do on our property. I want to create a place for the community to come. And here's a park that is... Um, 
you know, that's owned by the, the local council. They service it. They look after it. They create space for kids to come and enjoy themselves, and they have space for the families to come. And you can see there's a bry area. I don't know how good they are at brying, but anyway, um, they call it barbecue, hey, Americans? Um, by the way, we've got a couple of Americans here with us, you know, so let's welcome them. Always good to um, recognize them. But um, so they have this park, and I thought, just this is exactly what I'd love to do. And so I spent, I spent some time just walking through there and look at the detail of what this could be. Imagine a place where the community just could come and enjoy, no cost involved. They can just come and have fun, and it's decent equipment. Anyway, the next next picture is when we went through the Rocky Mountains, and I mean, yeah, every day was just more uh, um, amazing than the previous day. These are two. Uh, waterfalls we saw, and it's like, not another waterfall after a day or two. We're like, there's so many of these things, and so much water. And the next picture would be us at another lake. It's like, not another lake as well. And the one is more beautiful and amazing than the other one. And so these um, are just moments that we had together. The next picture is a, is a lake out there where we could go out into the open and just enjoy it. The next picture is is another river against the mountains, and it's just more scenic than the previous one. You're like, you can't believe that it just keep on being so beautiful. Uh, and then the next picture is, is also, this is called Lake Louise, uh, amongst these beautiful mountains. And there's a lot of snow still on the top uh, of the peaks of these mountains. And then our last picture was, was, yeah, the moment where we had to say goodbye, where you have just so enjoyed being with a family. And, and they, even though you leave them, with a sadness, and this was last week, Tuesday, when we were on our way. Luckily, you couldn't see the, the redness in the eyes yet. But um, we were incredibly thankful for time well spent with them. And uh, you can close that one, just going to the next. Um, but in returning to our home in Bloo, I realized that, that, you know, as much as I enjoyed being with, with family, and... Um, and and as much as you have to deal with the reality of them being nine hours behind you, you know, we traveled, our travel time on Tuesday to Thursday from door to door was 49 hours. Um, and so you come back exhausted and you realize that you're so far away from them, but you are so incredibly thankful for where you can be. And as much as you want to hold on to this experience of having been with them for four weeks, you realize that if you hold on to it, you will actually be detrimental to their progress and what God has called them and to your own. And sometimes we become so emotionally involved in, in each other's lives that, and, and to, in, with moments that we go through that we want to hold on to these things and not move into the next that God has for us. And we actually miss out on the next. And so much as this was incredible, I, I really, we, we had a fantastic time. God was incredibly kind and gracious to us. I knew that we needed to release them to pursue what God's purposes for them are in Canada. And because if we stayed around indefinitely, we would be in the way of what God had called them. And obviously, we would miss out on what God has called us to. And so we, we similarly realized, too, that we must embrace the call of God on, on our lives in this nation. And hence, the need to return to what God's called you to is so incredibly important. 
And, and I heard some jokes flying around that, oh, are they actually coming back? You know, I heard that. I heard about that. <laughs> anyway, it's like, yo, sorry, guys. So things have come up. Flights delayed. It's like a semi-COVID. You know, we can't come back. And they're like, yo, sure. We know that. Many Zimbabweans have used that one in the past. We just never used the word COVID in the last 30 years. But guys have done that. But they go and they never return. And um, quite an interesting thing. The reality, and a bit of a sad reality for us, is that we have people, not, most of you know about our connection with the church in the Czech Republic. And for years we've, we've had that. And I've had the privilege of traveling there for over 24 years already. Um, and this year we have been hard at work in, in getting people to go um, as a team to the Czech Republic. And it's been a wonderful journey to see people from church, yeah, respond with, with a faith and say, yes, I'm going to trust the Lord to make it possible. And, and in three weeks' time, people will be leaving to go to the Czech Republic from Pink City Church. The sad reality of seven of those people that have tried to go cannot go this time. Because in, in some way, uh, governments across the world have become quite suspicious of Zimbabweans. Because often Zimbabweans don't return. And I understand that. But in that, that has meant that when we went and applied, the seven, now I want to honor those seven that are here for, for trying. And, and this is not the end of the story. Maybe this time around, we've got a hindrance towards the August trip, but there's more to come. The reality is that when we, when we make decisions for ourselves, and, and, and I say this with all due respect, selfish decisions about what I think is important for me and perhaps even for my family, it has a, has a ripple effect on other people's lives. And, and I believe that the reason, perhaps one of the reasons why Seven people were denied the visa to travel from Zimbabwe to the Czech Republic is because there's this reputation that, that hangs in the air around us of being content to live in this nation. And this trip has helped me understand that once again. That what God calls me to and us to is more important than my own convenience and my own comfort. I'm not trying to sound like I'm a martyr in being here. I love it. But I realize this again, there's, there's actually no place like home. And it is sad that we could live here but be more mindful of, of wanting to be elsewhere. Which really makes us ineffective and unfruitful in what God has called us to do here in this nation. And I do understand that God calls people beyond this nation. I do understand that Many of our young people go and study elsewhere. It's great to see you, Ed. I do understand that, and there's grace for that. But I also know that most of us <laughs> are not going to be called beyond Zimbabwe. And that most of us have a calling here. And has a, we have a purpose in this nation. You know what? I saw so much over the last four weeks that by 
so much that I could justify trying to move to a place like that. Material things, financial stability. I saw um, things that emotionally could lure you into um, such a different world. I saw big, I saw beauty, I saw bears, I saw good roads, I saw effective maintenance, I saw good planning, I saw friendly people, and I saw a healthy economy, and all reasons like, man, I mean, they just pile up every day. It's like, surely this is good reason, good enough reason. So many things to behold and so much to lure you into it. But when you sit and study all of this, it can never compare to being in the center of God's will for your life. And I, and I believe this is a relevant environment for us to be able to talk about these things. I met so many people. I had the privilege of spending time with various individuals, and it was all great. But I missed my people. The people that God calls you to, to be amongst, to share your life with. And quite interesting. One thing I missed so much was people from Africa. I don't know if you've noticed since living in Africa, but Africans look different. I don't know. They don't say that I'm an African. For what? For a very strange reason, they don't immediately recognize that I'm an African. But when I'm abroad and I look around, I'm like, where are my friends? My African friends. And I had this craving to see Africans. So much so that when I did notice one, I'd immediately start a conversation. I met people from Kenya, from Nigeria, from Ivory Coast. <laughs> from Zambia. But it was just so good to see. I remember I was driving into this small little town called Jasper. It's a beautiful tourist destination. And we had heard prior to just driving in. My son Yanku told us, he said, he heard over the news that there's some South African firefighters that came across to help them with their fires. We had huge bushfires taking place. So much so that they warned us at times not to go out into the, into the open because of the poor quality of the air. But anyway, so we're driving into this place, and I see these African people. <laughs> they stand out, eh? <laughs> and I'm looking at them, and I think, I wonder if those are the South Africans. So I shout, Salimulani, from the car. And they responded. <laughs> I thought, jeez, those are my people. <laughs> anyway, it's just, I, uh, I realized that leaving... Our son and his family on Tuesday was not, it was difficult, obviously, because of the, the sadness of not, not seeing them um, for the time that we had. But it wasn't difficult because we were returning home. And it was, I mean, it's beautiful, as I said, there's so many things that appeal to you. And this is the moral of my story today. And I would like to link it to the series that we've been doing of Seated see it. You see, the world we prefer to live in should not just be the world that is easiest and most convenient for us, but it should be the world that God has called us to. And I think we need to settle with that more and more. And yes, I've had the privilege of seeing a different world, but I prefer my world that God has called me to. Because that world that God calls you to is the world that He links your heart to. Yes, my heart is with my son and his wife and 
in particular, grandson, and it was great to be with him. Gee. But the people that God calls you to is where your heart is mostly linked to. So I want to just throw it out to you this morning, first of all, by asking you this question, where is your world? just want to remind you, perhaps, of the world that God has called you to. And, and, and in your heart, you need to respond to the Lord, not to me. You don't have to do this as homework. But what is the world that God has called you to? Who are your people? And are you willing to let God connect you to the people He has called you to? Maybe it's just a, a reminder once again to say, God, I've been called. For now, this is the place that you've called me to. And it's not so much the place, it's the people. I don't think God, and I'll share with you later on, I don't think God, first of all, puts the focus on the place. He puts the focus on the people. We can go anywhere in the world, and those people will become your people if God calls you to them. But if we are meant to be here, and this is our people, are they your people? Is your heart connected to them? Now, are you allowing God to, to connect you more and more to the people that are supposed to be your people today? Because we can dream about our people somewhere else, or if only I could, and miss out on, on being fruitful and faithful and responsible to our people for now. Don't dream about them if you can't be faithful here. Are you perhaps in any way resisting a connection to the people that God has placed you among? We need to be, in a sense, doing some introspective in our lives and say, God, this is my people that you've called me to, but I'm, I despise. I despise them, perhaps. And in that, we are being disobedient to our King. And we can come and say, oh, God, I want to love on you. God says, well, then go and love on the people that I've put you amongst. And we're missing out on what God wants us to experience in full. And so this morning, I want to just talk about your and my seated assignment. Our seated assignment. We've been talking about the fact that we're seated with Christ. And, and the guys have done so well over the last couple of weeks. We've looked at numerous benefits of what it means to be seated with Christ. And like last week, Hilton did so well in talking about the fact that we don't live for ourselves when we're seated with Christ. We live for Him. Now, lives belong not to ourselves, but to Him. And as, it, as we are seated with Him, and it's not a physical thing. We know it's a spiritual reality and a spiritual truth that we live with, that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. I want to share with you this morning that it actually brings out a certain assignment into our life, a certain purpose. And I want to ask you to go. We started off when we did a couple of weeks ago, about six weeks ago, we started with Ephesians chapter 2, where it talks about what it means to be seated with Him in verse 6. And so I want to ask you to go with me to that and um, just look at this just briefly once again. I want to take you to chapter 2 and verse 1. Is that okay? You're all good. We've now stopped talking about Canada. 
when I talk about Zimbabwe, all right, and what God has called us to do in Zimbabwe. You okay with that? No more slides. No more nice pictures and stuff. Ah, harsh reality. We've got elections coming up. Uh, all sorts of things happening in our nation. Patriotic bull in whatever ways they try to make you love your country. If you don't, they'll lock you up. Uh, anyway, all right, so chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, Ephesians. All right, it says, and you were dead. Let's talk quickly just about our past. It says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Boy, oh boy, that is a description of our past before Christ. And if you have not accepted Christ into your life, I want to say to you, this is the reality that you live in still. And this is not condemning you. This is what the Bible teaches us, that before Christ, this is what we look like and had, did look like. So that's our past. Then from verses 4, it talks about the fact that changes come in what we look like today. It says, but God. Say with me, but God. But God, hey? That's a beautiful statement to, to live with, that, that whatever we are in, if there are snakes around us, there's a statement that comes that says, but God is with you. No matter what it is that you're facing, there's a but God reality that we all need to live with and have faith. It says, but God, being rich in mercy, again, it started with Him, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, talking about our past again, he made us alive together with Christ. It's only happened because of Christ. It's not through your own good deeds. It's not through you attending church and growing up in a church family. It is your personal decision, my friend, that enables you to live free from your past. It says, by grace you have been saved. And in this beautiful verse in verse 6, and raised us up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Then in verse 8, this beautiful thing that just illustrates to us that this is not because of our own goodness. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. So don't try to impress people. Don't try to even impress God with your own good things. Own good deeds. That'll never save you. It is through Him. It says, by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, your works, my works, so that no one may boast. So that's what has been done. We see in verses 1 to 3 what we look like. We see in verses 4 to 9 what He had done, so that we can go into a new world, into a new life, and have change come to us. That's great. That's what it means to be seated in Christ. Wonderful. But now, as we are seated, we are assigned to a task. And that's what verse 10 talks about. Is it great that we have all these benefits that we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks? And, and by the way, there are so many more that we could discuss and, and go through. But what I want to encourage you with as we kind of come to an end of our seated focus, from next on, week on, we want to talk about what it means to be sealed with Holy Spirit. 
and what that brings about in our lives. But when we conclude on this, we're going to focus on what verse 10 talks about. It says, for we are His workmanship. What it means is that God created us. He formed us. It's a beautiful word in that. The Greek word that is used there is actually where we find the word poet or poem from, which is this creative um, thing that was, cre- that was done, skillfully created. So God, in a sense, is saying through that, through Paul, he's saying, God has skillfully created you. Not the, this is, first of all, in physical form, but in spiritual nature. He has skillfully created you to be something of good use for Him. So we are His skillful creations. For what purpose? It says, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them and not just desire them, not just dream about them, and not just hope for them, but actually walk in them and experience them every single day. So you and I are seated with Christ. We have these huge spiritual blessings that are part of our lives so that we can express something and make something available to this world. And since, therefore, our our new status and our position of being sons and daughters were seated with Him has an earthly good in it. And that's why often people say, you know, you can be so heavenly minded and have no earthly relevance. It's just, oh, I'm just so blessed in Christ. Now, I'm just quoting all these verses and I don't have enough fridges to post all these verses on of how blessed I am. But the, the effect that my blessings in Christ have on my fellow neighbor is almost zero. So I'm seated. It's such a beautiful tune there. You all listen to it now? All right? You're good? (laughs) We're all seated in Christ. But there's a comma because there's an assignment that comes out of being positioned and seated in Him. And by the way, the earthly good that we then bring, the earthly works that we then make available, has a physical location. And for you that are here present today, some of you are perhaps visiting, but for most of us here today, it will be the city of Bulawayo, the country of Zimbabwe, the continent of Africa. And so we say, God, this is where you've positioned us. There's a beautiful verse. I want to show it to you in Acts chapter 17 from verse 26 to 28. This is what Paul is speaking um, to the people that he's, that he's speaking to. He says, and, and God made from one man every nation of mankind. By the way, we all have one father. Uh-huh. Thank you for that. Amen. It says, every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. So God has sovereignly determined for you to have been born in 1950 or 1960 or 2000 and whatever year it is and the period that we're living, but He's also not only determined the, the, the period to live in, but also the boundaries of our dwelling place. To do what? That we should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards Him and find Him. Yet He is actually not far from each of us, for in Him we live and move and have our being. 
So God has determined the time and the place for us to live for Him and to then bring about these good works. And so this is the challenge for us, that out of being seated in Christ, we have this assignment to live for Him. And not just to develop a life for ourselves where we say, oh goodness, I'm so glad that God had positioned me in, for instance, Canada, where I can have a huge income and, and, and just, there's just this one thing that I noticed, this, this term called disposable income, <laughs> where people have so much income that they can spend it on stuff. And, and that's not wrong. It's just wonderful to see and how people can have this and that to go on the lakes and have fun with this and whatever thing they could afford. But God has purpose for us to live in a particular place for a particular purpose. Whether it's Zimbabwe or Canada, that's not the issue. It's God has put me there, and so I want to be faithful with my seated assignment. I want to encourage you this morning. It is good to be where we are, because this is where God wants us to be. And we don't look at ourselves and, and feel like martyrs and and oh, please have a pity on us. Not only are we the last nation on the alphabetical list, list, you know, please pity us. But hey, this is where God has called us to be. And I believe that as we recognize the incredible blessing we have of being here, we can be a blessing to many people. Not only here, but beyond. And so in my conversations with people, it was amazing just to see how they didn't want to, you know, pity me, but just ask questions of what is life like in your nation? And, and to be able to express the joy of what it means to be in the center of God's will, in the very place that He has called you to be, and to have incredible satisfaction and fulfillment in that is wonderful to be able to do. And I'm not special on that. But all of you can carry, and do, I believe, carry a testimony of saying, this is where God has put me. I'm in business, and it's not easy. I'm struggling, but God has put me here, and it's a joy to be able to live for Him in this environment. And so when you look at the rest of Ephesians, by the way, just a simple, quick guideline for you. If you look at the book or the letter of Paul to Ephesians, break it up into halves. One, and, one two, and three talks about all the blessings we have, our wealth in Christ. Chapters 4 to 6 talks about our responsibilities we have in Christ. Now, because we are blessed, and particularly as we've been talking, seated with Him, we see 4, 5, and 6 talking about the responsibilities, the responsibilities we have in Him. That, for instance, we need to live. For instance, when you look at chapter 4, it says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling. So here it's outworked what it means to be in Christ. And I think sometimes we place so much focus on chapters 1, 2, and 3 that we don't see the application in 4, 5, and 6. And so your seated assignment is the rest, 4, 5, and 6. You are seated with Him. You are blessed. You have so much that you can be thankful for. Five, 4, 5, and 6 gives you then the outworking of that. And and, and we don't have time this morning to go through all of them where it talks about um, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. So if you're blessed in Christ, then 
make sure that you live in unity with others. Practically, it means that I've got to live a life unselfishly and not look for what is good for me, but what is good for us and what is good for you. That's part of your seated assignment. Chapters 4, verses 25 to 30, it talks about the, the whole pursuit of living um, with a good heart towards one another. It says, put away falsehood. Let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor. So again, you're blessed. Therefore, be truthful to one another. Speak and, and do not live with anger, it says. Do not let sin go. Oh, don't let the sun go down on your anger, carries on. Verses, chapter 5 talks about so much about love, how we practically ought to do that. It talks about purity, about avoiding sexual immorality. Our seated assignment. In chapter 6, we have this these incredible relationships being compared, children towards their parents, parents towards their children, our seated assignment. How do we outwork what we have been blessed with in Christ? And even talks about employees and employers. So I want to encourage you as we close this morning. The blessings that we have in Christ is not for us, first of all, just to to consider for ourselves. We need to make it practically real in the world that we live in. You are seated with Him, but at the same time, we have an assignment that we have. And the assignment is firstly how we live, not where we live. I think too much focus is often given to the place than to the way we live. I believe God puts more focus on why we are alive and how we should live that life that we now have in us than the place that we live. We have too much focus on where I want to live one day and little focus on how I want to live one day. So I want to encourage you, don't get too focused on Zimbabwe and, and, and the issues of Zimbabwe. Become more focused on how we ought to live. And the attitude I, have, I need to have in living in the place that I'm in at the moment. Because for most of us, we can't change much about our location. But we can change everything about the attitude within the location, isn't it? And so that's part of our seated assignment. And so God, I'm thankful that in this place where you've put me, I can be what you want me to be by your grace. And that's why I want to lure you into our next couple of weeks when we will talk about how Holy Spirit becomes that person that enables us to be faithful with our assignment in the place that He has put us. So I close by just asking you three questions. Are you seated with Christ? And that's not something that you can manufacture. It comes from your faith in Christ and having done what He had done on the cross for you. And my friend, if you're sitting here this morning and, and Jesus is not the focus of your life, if you've not given your life to Him and surrendered your life and said, Jesus, I, I realize that I need you. Without you, I'm completely lost. Then we'd love to help you with that. And so if your answer on this is no, 
please let us help you. And afterwards, if you want to see one of us here in the front, please come talk to us. So we can help you understand what it means to be seated with Christ. The next question that I want to pose to you is, are you faithful with your assignment? And, and again, we can help one another in this, but you need to have the right attitude that says, yes, I want to be faithful. And whatever place God has put you in, that's where your assignment needs to be realized. But are you faithful with it? Are you ignoring it? Are you throwing it away or batting it away, as we would say? You say, no, no, this is, I don't want to, I don't want to be part of anything where, where it's about helping others and, and considering others. We're going to keep on talking about these things because as a Christian, this is part of our lives. We, we cannot live for ourselves as last week was the focus. And so the question to you and me is, are we faithful with the assignment that God has given to us? And then lastly, it's a big one, and it'll take us some time to work through if it's not currently part of my way of thinking and operating. And that is, are you content with the location of your assignment? Are you making peace with the fact that this is where God has currently put me, wherever that may be, for our friends that are visiting from wherever? The question is not about Zimbabwe. The question is about are you, are you absolutely content being where you are at this moment? Because if you're fighting that, you're going to fight the assignment. If you're fighting being in this place, then actually what you're doing is you're going to make it difficult for people to come close to you. You're not going to approach people because you're unhappy being here. But if you come to the place in your life where you say, Jesus, this is what you have for me. I know that this is your plan for my life. I don't know what the future may hold, but this is okay. It's tough. It's not easy. But I'm finding your grace in this moment. And I'm thankful that you will help me to be faithful amongst my people. Because these are our people. So may God help us that we realize that we're so thankful for where we are in terms of being seated in Christ. But as we are seated in Him, we're also positioned in a physical way and in the physical place that He has positioned us. I want to be faithful with the assignment that is given. Let's pray. Lord, we, we thank you for your incredible grace that, have, that has enabled us to come out of this place of despair and darkness into a place that Paul so beautifully illustrates in Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3, and particularly in what we've been sharing about being seated with you. I thank you that you have blessed us, Lord God, with, with so many spiritual blessings. But at the same time, Father, we want to ask that you will help us to be faithful, responsible with what we have been blessed with. Lord God, that we will firstly recognize that there is an assignment that comes from what you have enabled us to be. 
that our doing comes out of our being. You've made us sons and daughters. Now therefore we want to, as Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, want to do good works. Good works never save us, but because we are saved, we want to have good works. And so I pray, Father, that we will be faithful with our assignment, but also, Father, as your people in this nation and in this group here this morning, I want to pray that you will help us to be faithful and be content with the physical location that you've chosen for us to be in at such a time as this. Lord, even right now, I want to pray, Holy Spirit, that there are people that have been fighting this, been constantly looking for a gap, an opening, an opportunity to just get out of this mess. Lord, I pray that not against new opportunities, I just pray for contentment in our current situation, in our current location. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that people will be seeking you about their will for their lives and not seeking, Lord God, opportunities elsewhere first, but seeking you where we are. And through that, Lord God, be faithful with the location, the people around us, the, the whatever environment that we may find ourselves in, Father, that we will be faithful there and serve you with all that we have. And if you never move us, that's fine. But Lord God, help us to be responsible, faithful, and honorable towards you with what you have put in our hands and the people that you've put us amongst. I trust for that. I pray, Lord, that as a church, we will we'll also can be considered as those that are faithful with the assignment that you've given unto us. To love you and to love people. God, I trust, brother. Thank you for your grace this morning. Pray, Father, for people that have never experienced the life of following Christ and have surrendered life unto you. I pray, Lord, that their hearts will be stirred this morning to consider stepping into that beautiful relationship with you. I trust you. Lord, for the rest of us, I pray that you will help us be faithful with what is in our hands. I trust you for it. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.